Welcome back to this chapter of Let's Get Deeper. Um, if this is your first time listening to us, we are a spin-off from the Great Mates podcast where we uh, get to sit with our friends or people that we know for an hour to an hour and a half, exploring uh, a little bit about themselves and potentially um, get to talk about some really deep, really deep stuff. So yeah, I'm Josh and with me today, I've got Eunice. Hi. Hello. <laughs> so um, for a bit of context, I guess, Eunice, um, if you could tell the listeners a, a bit about yourself. Mm-hmm. So my name is Eunice. I'm 24 years old. At the moment, I'm studying at university, a Masters of Counselling course. Um, I also work with young people, which is really challenging and fun. Mm-hmm. Um, Oh, what else about myself? Um, I'm a Filipino. My parents are both Filipino, although I was born in Australia, in Brisbane, Australia. Mm, cool. Yeah. And I guess for a little bit more context, uh, Eunice and I know each other from university. Mm-hmm. Um, how did we meet? Do you remember? Oh, well, uh, okay. So we, <laughs> I remember this. We we actually saw each other. So for this, for the masters of counseling degree, because we're both studying it here at the same university. Yeah. We were both at the same group interview. Yeah. Right. We were in the same group interview. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that is where I first saw you, but mm. we didn't actually talk then. <laughs> the first. You know what's really funny, and I don't think I've ever told you this, is okay. that. Um, is that I had, you know, I had those tickets to Dan Phil, right? Yes. And then I was like on Instagram and I saw that you liked a lot of their stuff. Uh-huh. And in my head, I was like, I really want to ask Josh to go, but we weren't even that close yet. And I was just no, like, No, we weren't. Yeah. No, 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 when, no. I, when I made this decision that I was ho- going to ask you, yeah. we weren't close, like at all. Uh-huh. Like we probably just talked here and there at uni. Yeah, and yeah, I never yeah. told you that. But like each time I was like, oh, I should bring up Dan okay. and Phil. And then, you know, it just came, it was just perfect because then we got really close before Dan and Phil came. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, I yeah. asked at you to our come like end of At our like end of semester celebration yeah. last year. That's when we like properly started. To- we started talking deep stuff. Yes, it wasn't just Netflix because we talked about Netflix a lot. We did, and then boys, and then yeah, and then the- <laughs> that was the boys segue. You know, it's like once you start talking about that, it's like oh, it gets deep now. It's like let's yeah. explore that whole thing. Yeah, and that- feelings and relationships. Oh my god! And then yeah, and then we we just talked a lot about that and still do. Yeah, <laughs> we good. still do. Which yeah. is really good. So yeah. That, yeah, that was that was really interesting. Like we didn't actually talk that much at all for most of first sem. Yeah, which is it's strange because I feel like we've been close the whole way through from the beginning. Um, and I'm like, I don't even know who I talked to in the beginning. Now it's just, <laughs> it's just you're all like you're always there, and I don't yeah, yeah. remember first sem like socially wise. Maybe I was just thinking about the the work. Yeah, I don't even remember socializing much. Yeah, that's fair. So, yeah. Yeah, and here we are, like yeah, a year are. down the track, and look how far and how close we've gotten. I can't believe it's only like I was just saying to you before, like off this, that it's been, it's gone really fast. Yeah. But at the same time, I can't believe it's. I don't know. I can't believe it's been a year. Yeah, that is that is incredible. It feels but, yeah. longer. <laughs> In a good Honestly, way. it does. In a but. Good way. But yeah, it, it it's completely worth it. Yeah. Like what we've done over the past twelve months has been 
I would say nothing short of amazing. Yeah. So yeah. It's been a journey. Mm. 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 Uh, and we'll get to that, I guess, um, as we go on. Mm. Um, so I tend to ask this question with people that are still studying at uni. Yeah. Why did you choose to do counselling? Ooh, that's a good question. I um, I came from a psychology undergrad, so I knew I wanted to always work in mental health and I knew I wanted to work with young people. So I essentially was like, anything that's going to allow me to do that, I would want to do. Okay. Yeah, so I applied, I did apply for undergrad, uh, I did apply for masters in psychology yeah. and counselling um, in like different unis and I mm. did all the interviews and everything. Um, and QUT accepted me first, so I was like, yes. Okay. Ah, oh, okay, that's how that worked. Huh. Interesting. Um, but, um, yeah, so it was weird because I didn't really know what the university was going to offer in terms of the, the, the techniques and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's different models to counselling. And I was just like, I'm just going to give it a go, but it actually has been so good. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. Because I was, I was exploring my options and like I was doing, I was doing a grad set at a different university to QUT, hmm. like in the semester that I applied to get in for this program. Yeah. And then our unit, well, our course coordinator was in, because I had them for my individual interview. You had someone else. Oh, I think yeah. you had um, the previous. I did have the yeah, previous yeah. coordinator. Mm. Yeah. So our current um, course coordinator was like to me, uh, Josh, what happens if you don't get in? Like, what's your plan if you don't get into QUT? Yeah. Um, this program. And I told them, um, I was very honest with them. It's like, you know, I don't really like the other universities program because it's too, it's too self-directed. Oh, yeah. And that's not really, like, self-directed stuff is can be good, but I found it was just, like, way too, way too free. Yeah. So I need structure. Need structure <laughs> I need I need face to face contact. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's so the, important though. It is honestly. I found with this program, we have probably the best sort of like in terms of face to face. Yeah. Um, and then I, I was very honest with them, and I said, you know, I can stick it out for another semester, mm. but I'd really like to be here. Yeah. Even though I'm, you know, I've been at QUT for almost 10 years. Yeah. So it's good they were like, yes, we'll yeah, take you. We'll take you. And and to some extent, like you have a psych background. Mm. I don't have a psych background. Mm. And for me, I, especially, especially in the first semester and to some extent now still, like I have this like imposter syndrome. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, I don't know what I'm doing right, I that's guess. What, we know one of our lecturers says that a lot. Mm. He calls it the fake it club. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, or imposter syndrome. Yeah yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. And like, and you know, he's, you know, he's probably in his 50s or 60s now. Yeah. And he still says that. I wonder if we'll both like still think that I at think, that age. I think that is the magic of what, of how we do it in this program yeah is that because we are um postmodern yeah and social constructionist by nature yeah it is very much like trust in the process and see what comes out of it yeah and we have to be so um flexible to our clients as well mm. and because it's very client-led so i think that might be part of why it's so hard to pinpoint exactly what we're doing right yeah 
you know, but maybe it just comes down to the basics, you know, the, the so. active listening, like that stuff's great. Even yeah. though it's the basics, like it's yeah. actually, it goes such a long way. Mm. And, sure. and for the listeners, this is totally not a spawn for QT's uh, <laughs> Masters of Counseling program. We <laughs> just like, fun. we not just fun. like talking about it because, you know, this is something that I think we've come to appreciate. Yeah. It's just also how much support we get That's from, very true. from the staff and yeah, within yeah. the program. I do advocate it a lot. I don't even realize mm. how much <laughs> I talk it up to anyone that listens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People that have been through it before, I still talk it up. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. I've already been through the same course, but I'm like, oh, how great is it? Or was it just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's really good. Mm. It's, yeah okay yeah. so there are a bunch of questions that i gave you yes. and as you, as the listeners may already tell we've been on a tangent already <laughs> so uh, this is gonna be fun there we go. <laughs> um and i might do this not in the order i gave to you <gasps> just okay. a little throw you a little bit more <laughs> <That's okay. laughs> um, so if someone wants to get to know you a little bit better yes um what I guess three pieces of media so they don't have to be TV shows like mm -hmm. you can like albums or mm. uh, movies and those sorts of things um, yeah. would you recommend to them to get to know you a little bit better yeah I actually just ended up choosing three TV shows because okay. I think that's the media that I consume the most mm -hmm. of um, because, because of you know what you get to see in it it's really multi-dimensional mm. um so the first one i chose was charmed i don't Ooh. know how many people would remember charm because it's, i think it's a 90s thing so it's three sisters and mm -hmm. they're witches mm -hmm. um, and they live in the same house uh and you just follow their lives essentially but you, the, the first episode is when they find out they're witches so they're already adults and they mm. find out that they're witches like in their 20s i think they're in mm -hmm. um and then you watch them process that and have to live with that and at the same time still live a normal life so still go to work still study still have relationships so that was one that i was obsessed with when i was a kid and um you know when you gave me the questions i was like why was i so obsessed with it i knew i loved magic and like the whole time i um thought about Charmed, I always thought I liked it for the magic, but I also like the fact that there was like three kick-ass women in it. Okay. <laughs> that like, they were so real, I guess, because you saw all of their struggles, then mm. you saw all of their good times as well. Um, so I really liked it for that. Okay. Yeah, what was it? Is it the 90s? Um, so I did a quick in? Google. So they, they premiered in 98. Fashion. 98 okay the so final episode 2000s, yeah late 90s yeah. early 2000s yeah yeah the fashion is definitely Oof. something that was the time <laughs> that was the time it, it does not age well yeah i know right <laughs> it does not age well but yeah um, that was one of them um mm -hmm. uh, what was the second one the second one was gilmore girls and that was something that i watched uh recently probably in the last two years I binged watched that. Like I could not stop thinking about it until I finished. Oh my god! I know it was like every spare moment I had, even when I was like getting ready for uni or whatever, I would just like have it on in the background. <laughs> uh, Gilmore Girls is such a good show for anyone mm. that hasn't seen it. My favorite part of it, <laughs> this is where it gets slightly deep, is that they talk about relationships uh, between mother and daughter. Ooh. Yeah. So you see two main mother daughter relationships. Mm. So there's the, 
I guess the main character is Lorelai, mm -hmm. and she has a daughter herself called Rory. Yeah. And she also has a mum who's still in the picture, and you see uh, Lorelai's relationship with her mum is so different to her relationship with her daughter. Mm -hmm. And like her and her mum, Lorelai and her mum, it's a lot more um, her mum's right, you know. And there's no, there's no debating that you know it's yeah. mom, what mom what mom says goes type thing mm. but then Lorelai and her daughter Rory are like best friends it's like tell me about boys like you yeah know, there's less boundaries yeah 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 and it's like it couldn't be more different so yeah. I really liked that element because oh the contrast was just like oh I can really relate to some certain parts of this relationship okay and yeah it was it was good mm. it was really good that's also like a 2000s yeah, that was. Yeah, yeah. That was a 2000s one. Because they did a, they did like a 10 years later type thing. Okay. And it was set. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, and it was just so different because they mm. were still in the same neighborhood, but everything was <clears throat> so modern. Mm. Um, and then the third one was really hard. I was like, which should I pick? But mm -hmm. I picked Game of Thrones. <laughs> okay. And I don't know if it's more the content or it was the fact that it was such a journey to go on. Like I saw, mm -hmm. I started watching it in like 2013 mm -hmm. and I just remember every Monday when it was, when it was releasing, I would just be so excited every Monday to watch it. And I would talk mm -hmm. about it with all my friends and like get so excited over it. So mm -hmm. I just feel like it was, it was a show that was there for me and made me like so excited to watch okay. it. Okay. But if we're talking themes, like it's, um, it does show relationships as well, but what I really like about it is that it um, it also shows action, mm. which I which I don't watch many action related uh, media, but with Game of Thrones, the way that they shoot the action scenes is so epic, and there's like so many people involved in it, mm. which is really good. Okay. And yeah, I really like. Oh, it's got magic in it as well. Mm -hmm. So anything with magic ah, is, is always so intriguing to me. I see. Yeah. I see. So those are my three. That's interesting. I know, the first two were so, like, kind of similar. And yeah, 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 and then Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. Um, I mean, you know, there's also relationships there. Yeah, there, <laughs> there is. But not the, not the relationships that, uh, yeah, you know. <laughs> not the, uh, the, the they're more frowned upon. Yeah, the incest. Maybe, yeah. Just casual incest. Just casual, like more than once too. Good lord. They, they couldn't just stop at one ancestral relationship. No, we had multiple. Yeah, and they were like the real main characters too. It's not just casual in the background incest. <laughs> I don't understand You get reminded sometimes. from season one up till the end, you get reminded that this is a thing in this yeah? world. Yeah? <laughs> oh my but, you know, God. other than that, it's good. Okay. It's good. It's, um, I guess it makes you really like the characters and empathize with certain characters and mm. then they get ripped away. And, Oh, yeah. you know, keeps, that's fair. Apparently, that keeps you watching it. <laughs> Don't know okay. why. Yeah. Speaking of then, Game of Thrones. Did you like it? the The final season. Yeah, I did like it. It was different for sure, and I think it was because they knew it was the final season, so mm. things had to be wrapped up. When in the other seasons, it could take three or four episodes for them even to travel from one part. A Westeros to another mm. and then in this final season it was like the next scene cut to the next scene and they're already there mm -hmm. which I liked in that I was really impatient like having to wait for them to travel yeah. and you get lost in other people's stories I really liked how mm. it was way more streamlined there okay um, 
But yeah, it was it did feel a little bit rushed, but hey, I actually enjoyed it all in all. Mm. And the final episode I did I did like. It's it seemed pretty bittersweet, but mm-hmm. it was um I liked it. Okay. It wasn't terribly sad mm-hmm. for me anyway. I don't know. Some people might have felt really sad about it. Some Depends people have, who, some people have thoughts who. about those final episodes. I mean, okay, I don't I don't watch Game of Thrones. I mm. didn't watch Game of Thrones. And I don't think anyone can convince me to watch eight seasons. <laughs> Did you where... start? See, I didn't, I didn't start like any. I didn't, I didn't oh. start anyway. So it's like, it's a bit late for me to hop on the train. <laughs> yeah. um, well, the spoilers are out though already. Yeah, I mean, it's like, yeah, it's fine. I don't need that. I'll just, I'll just read up on like um, Wikipedia. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, just the quick version of it. Yeah, just need, like, Spark a real Notes. Crash course. Spark Notes Game of Thrones, please. <laughs> just quick, give me all of the details. Yeah, that's all. Oh. I, that's all I really need. Yeah, oh my God. for conversation with other people, mm. I'm guessing. Mm. <laughs> other yeah. than that, whatever. Yeah. That's uh, good. That's yeah. good. Um, so you mentioned at the beginning, mm. you are Filipino by heritage. Yes. But you you were born here in Australia, right? Yeah, that is correct. Yeah. Um, so what what is your relationship? And I know, like, if people want to listen, we've talked about it on the pilot season for Let's Get Deeper about our like each of the great mates like who who identifies Asian, mm. um, their relationship and my relationship with the term Asian Australian. So, yeah. what does it mean to you? Like that, and what is your relationship with that term? I guess. Yeah, it's been a relationship that's changed a lot since I was a kid. Mm. So when I was younger, I feel like I really um, pushed away my Filipino heritage. So, like it, it got really extreme, you know, to the point where I was really confused about the color of my skin and the shape of my eyes. Like it got to that stage, mm. and I don't even really know if it was bullying. Because I don't really identify someone that was bullied that, like, very much. It could have just been some mean comments. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I had a thought about it last night, actually. And I was like, maybe it was to do... I consumed a lot of media when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. So I really loved just, like, hanging out by myself um. and watching shows. And I didn't see that much Asian representation. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of that's, like, a hot topic at the moment. But when I really thought about it yesterday, I was like, it's so true how important that is to have representation of different races in like really big media. Mm. So all of the media I watch, like I really liked Harry Potter as well, which I tried to not put in the, in the, (laughs) I don't know, people that know me in real life, I talk about Harry Potter a lot. Like I love Harry Potter so Uh, much. So I was like, let's try and put three other things. Okay. But um, yeah, I, I loved Harry Potter and, you know, really looked up to Emma Watson who played Hermione. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of the people on Harry Potter um, were Caucasian. Like, mm-hmm. I know they did introduce some people of colour later on. Yeah. Um, but that's just one example. There's heaps of other media that I watched as a kid. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that might have fed into it, you know? Like, I felt different in how I yeah. looked. So it was very much like I would try and make sure that when people met me they knew that I could speak um, like English and like he mm. listened to my Australian accent and mm. I was born like I would always make sure people knew I was born here and I like thinking about that it was really me shunning my Filipino heritage it was like okay. yes this is what I look like but I am Australian like I mm. am Australian I would always push that okay that probably changed around um, high school time so when I was 13 mm. and I started making 
like closer friends and a lot of them are actually Filipino mm -hmm. and um, I think through that I kind of was reintroduced to the culture through you know because I had it through my parents but it was through their families as well like I get invited to Filipino parties with their family and I'm like oh this is really fun and yeah because I don't think I had many friends in the Filipino community when I was like really young uh, yeah and that isn't their fault like I got yeah 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 <laughs> I actually did like you know my parents did try and socialize me and like kids were very welcoming but I feel like I was just really shy mm. <laughs> so I was like Ugh. um so yeah, I think that as I got more confidence, I was able to venture out more and yeah. and look at my, you know, other people and other people from the Filipino community, mm -hmm. and then my own like my own relationship with it. Yeah. Mm. So it's been a journey. Yeah. Because I was I I just shunned it so much back then. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, but pres if we go to present day, um, I'm still exploring it like every day because. Yeah because <clears throat> I don't think about it that often now but when I do mm. like when I meet someone else that's Filipino I, I like love to talk to them about it like about being Filipino and yeah. about the Philippines mm. and you know I don't shun away from that anymore mm. yeah okay yeah hmm interesting yeah I I know I've explained like my relationship with that term Asian Australian but if we're looking at it from a Filipino thing even within even within the local like Filipino community mm. like you can see though you can see like a clear divide of Filipinos who were born here or they came before like in like the 90s early 2000s mm. and then you have like people like my family where we came like they had young kids when they moved over from overseas and yeah. then like how they my parents identify as how they identify as that mm. and also how the children like me my siblings and like those in our sort of cohort sort of identifies that and yeah. then you have the fresh ones mm -hmm. the ones who came within like the last five years yeah who are probably a lot older yeah when they came to australia um and their relationship so it's very interesting That's to interesting. sort of like see those internally within the Filipino community here yeah, and yeah. it's problematic at times and mm. and like even I have to sort of distance myself from it and um, even when I established like the Filipino student organization I was like there's so much shit that goes on yeah. like outside in the Filipino community that I just need to make sure that whatever I'm doing for the service of like Filipino students whether they be like international or those that want to, you know, um, reconnect mm -hmm. with their culture. We do it in an environment that is sort of away from all of that. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that sort of, and I still have a bit of, like, conflictual <laughs> relationship with, with that community. Mm -hmm. And it, it stems from, like, behavioural stuff. Yeah. And, like, classic cultural stuff that they somehow never thought to let go yeah and you're like oh, it's problematic yeah it's but... problematic and then but the, the defense that they <clears throat> use is but it's filipino yeah and that's also a that's something that people need to like juggle internally is like it might be part of the culture but is mm. it a productive part of the culture yeah that can you know that you can use to empower others in the community mm. like 
you know, if we're talking about like queer representation or queer support within the Philippine community, where is that? Um, and you know, disadvantaged people within there, and mm. you know, going back to the country, and yeah, that's a oh boy, oh boy. Yeah. The, 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 there's a lot to unpack. There, there is a lot to unpack, and I think maybe in a future series we'll get to explore that okay in greater depth because I'd love to explore the the topic of queer the of queerness in the Filipino culture mm. because yeah. it's everywhere it is, but then it is it's everywhere not widely accepted at the same time so no it's like, hmm. so it's sort of this yeah and we'll probably get talking about this is that it's a product of Spanish colonialization oh okay because historically, historically, all the indigenous tribes in the Philippines and most of Asia did have this sense of like, um, there is there is data and there, there are articles published, like historical stuff as well about mm-hmm. this third gender. Mm-hmm. Yeah, aside from the binary male-female, there's mm-hmm. something about like this third gender that really isn't, that was really, you know, not explained as much in his history books because it was suppressed by the Spanish and the Christianity that came along with it. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of of stuff and I've, and I've yet to fully like, even myself, I've yet to fully understand like, and go through and read it properly. So it'll be interesting if we, if somehow in the future we'll we'll be able to unpack it. Yeah. I'd Mm. love to read about it and have Mm. a discussion. That'd be good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, Another question that I want to ask and I've been asking like a lot of people is um, what drives you? So what gets you waking up every day yep. <laughs> to go and do, you know, what you do, like working with kids? Yeah. And those sorts of things. Yeah, this is such, I love this question. <laughs> because we ask question. clients this too. <laughs> yeah, it's so existential. And it's like with the way people answer, you can really start to understand. Mm. Like a lot about them mm. just from this one question yes um so yeah i had to think about this one because i feel like i know it but it's hard to articulate mm. um but i think what really drives me like what gets me up in the morning and makes me go to work is that i really enjoy learning new experiences and the reason for that, even though they're so scary and I'm like, I feel like my heart beating so fast every time I have to go through something new yeah. is that once I've gone through it, I'm like, yes, mm. put it in my toolkit mm. for later. Mm-hmm. And I feel like every day I get up and I live life to try and make it easier for tomorrow. Oh my God. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah. yeah, learn all this. And yeah, like yeah, tomorrow, yeah. if I have to do something similar, you mm. know, I've already got that experience. So I can build on it. Mm. And like life just gets a tiny bit easier as we keep experiencing experiencing it yeah, yeah, yeah so i really like just continuing to learn new things so that mm. but the thing is I, i'm just gonna it's just gonna be hard all the time but yeah. yeah yeah but like at the same time it'll be new skills that i'm trying to be mm. challenged by mm-hmm. so all the other stuff like back in the day it was hard for me to even talk to people yeah like, that's okay now because i went through all those experiences and learn how to do that. Yeah. And I'm like, tick, that's great. Like mm. now I can move on to something else mm. that I have to, that, you know, could be challenging, but hey, I just gotta try and do it. Yeah, that's yeah. right. And would you say you would have someone to thank for that? Is there yeah. someone in your life that you would like to thank for that? That's sort of pushing you down that, I guess, leading you down that um, path. Yeah. 
Okay, well, okay. So some, so so my parents do come to mind here because mm. I know they always tried to like lead me down that path of being more independent. I just wouldn't let yeah. go for so long. Okay. So if we're talking like the skill of independence that I wouldn't <laughs> let go of, yeah, they definitely did try to foster it in ways and then not foster it in other. Mm-hmm. But I I still think that to this day, because I'm you know they raised me for so for like all of my life and I still live with them today and I'm an only child. I feel like a lot of what I do is still thanks to them. Mm-hmm. And maybe I won't understand exactly how yeah. or what like made me who I am today, but mm. I'm like 95% sure that a lot of it is to do with my parents because I was with them for the longest and I saw them for the longest time. Yeah. And then, you know, okay, maybe it's not 95, maybe it's like 80 and then 20% okay. as well. Yeah. You know, and I guess as I get older, the, the parent stuff lessens and the friends mm. influence mm. gets bigger. But, but yeah, that's such an interesting question because I never thought about like who to thank for that. You know, where do I get that mentality of just try? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just try and then learn as much as you can. Mm. Actually, a lot of it might also come from. <laughs> I'm gonna plug it again. Okay. Our master's degree, <laughs> because they're very they're very good at making a safe space of like you know if you make a mistake yeah. or you you do something wrong that you mm. feel is wrong mm. that there's always a reflection Process. that can come after that and then you learn yeah. from that mm. and that's how I love thinking about life now because I did used to be quite worried about stuffing up. I yeah. think a lot of us get really scared mm. about stuffing up, but they've really fostered that that environment and like i've taken that out of uni and i use it at, like in real life now yeah 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 <laughs> it's like uni's not real life you know no, it's like outside of the university. in the real world quite <laughs> our university yeah so i think that that could be something to be thankful for too mm. the the influences of mentors and others yeah that i've observed yeah mm. yeah okay but also another thing that really drives me is family like i really yeah want to have a family in the future so a lot of what i do like why why i work to like you know why i try and earn money is Mm. so that i can save it to get a house to provide for a family yeah so it's very familial as well Mm. yeah Mm. and i I enjoy helping kids but i think everyone that works with youth says that so it's like i don't know if that's like an assumption yeah. And then it's like, what else drives you on top of that? Yeah. But I guess I have to state the obvious and that I do also enjoy working with young people mm. and being their advocate because mm-hmm. it's so, it's such a confusing time being a teenager. Mm. <laughs> like I remember how confused I was and, you know, having the support and mentorship of other people is mm. really helpful in navigating that confusing time. So yeah. I really enjoy being there at that stage in their life to you know just walk alongside them and whatever they're trying to navigate mm. yeah so it's fun mm. Mm. well that's cool mm. yeah i was like i'm really intrigued about who yeah because you were talking about like parents and like how much how much they can influence you yeah. and yeah it's it's i guess it's weird yeah it's not really weird because you do see them like your your basic they're like your primary contact for like the first few years of your life and mm. Then, mm. like such a long time because like yeah mm. I was say, I said I was really shy so I like to hang out at home a lot so they were around me all the time mm. and I was around them and I and I lent on them so much like mm. 
they were yeah I that's the whole I couldn't be independent yeah for a long time because mm. I like was so I felt like safe there yeah I was didn't really want to venture it out fair enough yeah yeah I think a lot of like eldest Asian kids can can identify yeah and empathize <laughs> with that feeling of like oh my gosh yeah, the world. Yeah, is the scary. world. The world is scary. Don't let's make let's me be stuff. let's be honest. The world is scary. <laughs> it is scary. That's <laughs> so I'm trying to talk it. Yeah, even for us, right in our mid mid to late twenties now, it's like ooh, it's yeah. still scary. Yeah, I wonder. Like, I don't even want to put pressure on it getting easier. I'm just like, I'm nah. just gonna try and get through it. Just get through it, you know, yeah, and enjoy yeah. it along the way. But mm. I don't know if it'll get any easier. Mm. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Ooh, the no. realist. I was a realist for a second. <laughs> Usually, I'm so like optimistic. I'm like, yeah, I can look better. Like it's all good. But I'm like, wow, that was a re- that was realist Eunice coming out. Like, what? <laughs> oh. oh goodness me. We actually, actually, yeah, no. How many how many structured questions did I give you? I only give you four. That was four. We only have one more. What? Um, so I'll try and weave a few additional curveballs your way. Um, I guess, so you're doing this program full time. Yes. So you're graduating at the end of 2019. Yes. Um, I'm doing it part time. So I'll be graduating next year. Mm. How do you feel? Well, when this episode comes out, you will have only, um, a little over a month and a half left. But right now when we're recording it in the middle of July, how do you feel graduating at the end of this year? Do you feel ready? I feel really excited. Yeah, yeah. I like I don't know if I feel ready yet, but yeah. I, I'm more I feel more ready than not ready. Mm-hmm. So if we do it on a scale, I'm like closer to <laughs> <laughs> ten being most ready. Yes. I like I feel like I'm probably at a like an eight. Like I'm almost wow. there. Yeah. Okay. In you know, the other two to get to a ten would be you know, trying to find um, a job that I could in, in a counseling role mm, and that's mm. where it's all going to be up in the air because the role I'm in now isn't a counseling role but I yeah. like to move into one but still stay with the organization I'm with mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. you know if that role isn't if a counseling role isn't open then yeah. what do I do so there's still some you know question marks there yeah in terms of that which I'm sure a lot of others are going through as well mm-hmm, it's just mm-hmm. like the way of life I guess yeah but yeah yeah that's the thing. Yeah, but I'm, I'm also sad to leave it. You know, I was driving here today and I was like, what if I just, what if my skills just suddenly disappear after I'm no longer in this environment? Because yeah. it fosters my, it fosters mm-hmm. those kinds of skills. Like once yeah. I'm here, I'm like, wow, this stuff flows really easily. Yeah. Because the other people around me are fostering Because they're reflecting it. and yeah. feeding that but, as you know, well. Yeah. Sometimes you get put into environments where other people are using other um, you know other techniques and they come from different backgrounds mm. and then you know really got to advocate for what we've learned and like the way that I practice yeah it becomes harder because mm. I get really influenced by others mm-hmm. so I'm like Ooh, I'm gonna miss it mm. yeah I think the most difficult thing is to do therapy or conduct therapy with someone without a reflecting team I think that will be oh. the that is the I think that is the scariest <laughs> oh. part of leaving this program or go or entering like an organization who doesn't use reflecting teams um, as a way to you know provide 
a client with new yeah. perspectives. So for a quick rundown about what a reflecting team is, we use the um, Anderson model mm-hmm. of reflecting teams. So um, there is this therapist that used it in a family context. So you get a family unit in, um, in sh- that was the initial model of the program, is that you get a family in, you conduct therapy as a primary therapist, and then you have a team of other counsellors with other perspectives. Mm. Um, and then they um, provide their feedback, and then you talk about that feedback, and that's sort of the model that we operate on. Yeah. Um, and, it, and like the benefits of it, and it's, you know, we've seen that like throughout our, our time here at QT is like, we get to you know other people get to pick up on things we don't necessarily get to pick up on yeah and i think and i think um that is the benefit of you know this particular model that we practice in because we don't as a primary therapist we don't have to be pressured into thinking of the right questions to ask Mm. or getting it like you know there sometimes i've definitely thought it was like did i get enough information out of them Mm. for me to sort of you know go on a different pathway to what I'm doing and it's like the benefit of having that team is is actually really good yeah they bring such creativity I know the stuff like that I would have never thought of yeah yeah and like even being on the team is also like you know you get to hear other people and then you get you get to sort of like um talk like with each other about like you know you can go from one idea to another and mm. yeah i think that's the that will be the most difficult part of leaving this program it will be because because all of that we've done all the reflecting team stuff that we've done is still with students uh, as students mm. having to go out into a system which doesn't usually use reflecting team work yeah. because cost <sighs> let me roll my yeah. eyes at that let me roll my eyes at that very hard Fund us, oh goodness me yeah i i wouldn't want to get into ndis funding but you know yeah. um yeah and that's the thing it's like it's scary to go out into a world where you have to be your own therapist and come up with everything yeah exactly because honestly reflecting teams are what really adds to it and a lot of my clients have actually said that to me mm. i like to get feedback throughout the throughout the um, session and they're yeah. always like especially one that I often see is like I'm I come here because you have the reflecting team and I get a mm. lot out of it so I just if that's like a lot of people's favorite part and most I guess um, helpful to the client yeah I just wonder what it would be like with our reflecting team yeah if it's yeah <laughs> I, I guess mean, it'll be fine but I mean like, yeah it'll be fine but I don't think it'll be as I guess effective. Yeah. And again, it's so like, fruitful. yeah, so and much in it. yeah, and to put it in perspective, we obviously come from a position of like with great privilege that we do use this format. So, yeah. You know, there are also some negatives to it, but on the whole, from what we've seen and what we've done, it's actually a really effective method of you know providing other things that we we as primary therapists may not have thought of. Yeah. I wonder yeah. if in the future we'll be able to work in places with reflecting teams. Because I, I would hope so. Some people in our program are already talking about wanting to start something up. Yeah. I should I should actually see what they're talking about because mm. <laughs> they're doing it in some other group chat that I haven't actually added myself to yet. But I don't know because that could be really cool. It'd be really interesting. 
Mm, that will be interesting. Yeah, it, it just have to get as many people as we can through this program. Of course, that's <laughs> the thing, right? Just every council that's come through this program, and then we'll have enough to mm. get people to get behind it, and then we might get. Funding. Yeah, yeah. Fingers crossed. I mean, like <laughs> I was chatting about this, I think earlier this year with um, someone from International, because. Um, Um, because they were wondering like what the program was like here, mm. here at KUT, and I was like, you know, um, you know, we come from social constructionist model, like you know, narrative therapy, social uh, solution focused, mm. um, and also we do reflecting team stuff. And like here at International, they have groups of counselors, social workers, and psychs. Mm. But because obviously for structural reasons, we you know, a reflecting team isn't actually possible. Yeah. I was talking to them, I was like, you know, maybe we could, we'll see what happens. I mean, I like working in that field, so there's a very good chance I'll be hanging around QUT for a l much longer than I think I even anticipated myself. Um, forever. <laughs> oh, I hope not forever. I would like to not, this is my thing, I, I think the travel bug is, is gonna bite me again in the very near future. Yeah. That's I can't. I, I can't stay. I can't in stay one in one place forever. Mm. Although I do love this university. Um, it's a wonder um, mm. why I'm still here. I guess, but yeah, it's like you know, it would be great if we were able to make this format more accessible. Yeah, it's just a question of which structures are inhibiting us from doing so, and what we can do to break it down yeah like do we need to be getting students to come in as reflecting team like mm. if it's an issue with paying you know i don't know do we get people to come in for experience sake or mm. i don't know or do you make it like pd related to pd oh, instead yeah because yeah. we have pd yeah and like you know if you went on a reflecting team at a different organization or whatever or your own you could count it as like PD how many hours. points yeah yeah because then PD. that would work into the system really well mm. oh, at least we'll we have see. this all you know on tapes so yeah <laughs> you know in the this future is this, is, this is our this pitch, is our pitch know? to like aca yeah this is um, the beginnings of our pitch i mean no yeah. one steal it. <laughs> who knows what who knows what will happen yeah honestly yeah and and you know this field and i've been talking to people like um like family friends about like oh you know because they ask you like oh what are you doing now and like oh you know counseling like mm. mental health yeah mm. this is a field that will never go away yeah it is i was watching a show like a game show and they were like the one one of the top jobs that robots won't replace is mm. the therapist Hmm. Because you still need that human relationship, like yeah. that. You know, we know how important that is. Yeah. In um, in like the uh, the success, I guess, of therapy. Mm -hmm. So you can't just have a robot being like, no. yes, do this. No, oh, you still need bad. a human touch towards that yeah, sort of stuff. Like yeah. literally, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Woo! We chose <laughs> a good field. I think we did, <laughs> but it takes okay. a certain kind of person to. To be in this yeah my friends told me that a lot you know because i think i surround myself with a lot of people in this industry and then when i go and you know i hang out with my friends who are from different industries that's yeah. when i remember and they tell me and i'm like oh that, that's true like mm. it, it's not for everyone no but if you have the calling please do it because yeah. it isn't for everyone so if you, yeah if you um can hack it then yeah great mm. we need more people we do <laughs> honestly honestly we always need more people but mm. yeah okay so, 
A reflecting question. Yes. Oh, don't we love reflecting? <laughs> yeah. Is that all we've been doing today? I, I think, think so. We're so. <laughs> <laughs> just reflecting each other's answers. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So this last structured question. So if you had one thing to say to your younger self, mm. so your younger self doesn't have to be when you were like four, five, <laughs> ten, fifteen. It could, know, be like it could be like last year yourself, mm, you know, or true. when you started this degree yourself. Yeah, that's um, true. What would it be? What would that one thing be? Mm. Well, it's so interesting how you say it doesn't have to be when I was four. So I guess for context, I was prob- I'm probably talking to four-year-old me. <laughs> <laughs> so really young me, pre-high school. Pre-school? Pre-high school. So like okay, pre-high school, um, primary you. school and preschool. Okay, yeah, yeah. All yeah. the way down. Yeah. Um, is that, is that just to try, just try things out? Cause you know how I'm like, that's what drives me. Yeah. That's not always what drove me. I was, like I said, really um, frightened of stepping outside of my comfort zone, of leaving, you know, the safe space that is my home, like with my yeah. parents. Mm. So I didn't take a lot of opportunities um, that were presented to me cause I was mm. scared. Like yeah. I felt, I felt anxious. Okay. And that anxiety, you know, was like, yeah, just stay home. Like, you're safe here, you know. And I was mm. happy with that. I was like, cool. Like, I'm here. Um, I don't have to talk to people that I don't know. So, mm. like, great. That's mm-hmm. really great. But, you know, looking back on that, yeah. there was probably a lot of um, relationships or, like, friendships that I missed out on. Mm-hmm. And missed out on just a lot of that learning mm-hmm. how to actually talk to people yeah. that I could have learned then and then had that like down pat by uh, like earlier than what I had what I felt I had it down pat at mm. yeah so and then I wrote this quote no it's not my quote but like it's somebody's quote it's gonna be so cheesy and I should have probably writ- written who said it. This is so bad of me. I'm not referencing. Okay, let me go find. It's the, you, can, you, you can... miss 100% of the opportunities you don't take. Oh. And maybe that's also paraphrase. I'm very bad at quoting. How um, am I in a me, master's degree? Let me have a look. Who said you'll miss the... Or you, you fail. Par- so you've paraphrased it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so Wayne Gretzky, who is an Amer- like NHL, so um, North American Hockey League player. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What is, what's the direct quote? So the direct quote just is, know. you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 And I guess I must have just paraphrased it so mm. that it is a little bit more related to real life. Although shots, you know, shots, you that know. could be real Shoot your stuff. shot is something yeah. that people say. Yeah, it's like way more generalizable than I give it credit for. Mm, mm. Um, but yeah, I just feel like that quote, I should have tried. Well, I w- okay, I would have liked my younger self to live by more mm, mm. just so that she could, you know, experience things back then mm-hmm. that would help me, like future me, would help me now. So I feel like, you know, because I avoided a lot of the social situations, I really had to go through it in my teenage years, which yeah. are already so confusing. <laughs> like there's hormones and all sorts of mm. things going on and at the same time I'm trying to navigate how to talk to people and you know, still needing like people around me to help me do I couldn't do things on my own essentially. Okay. I was still depend like I felt more independent because I was independent on my parents, but yeah. 
you know, become dependent on other people than like friends mm. and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I guess just that. Just don't be so scared of everything, little Eunice. Like, <laughs> it'll be okay. It'll if be you, okay. If you feel uncomfortable, it's not going to last. Like that situation won't last forever. Mm. You get, you'll, you know, go home and then you'll feel comfortable again and then you can do it again. The next time it'll just get a little bit easier until finally it's just part of you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which is so, like now that I'm saying it out loud, I'm realizing that it so ties into what drives me. Mm-hmm. But I didn't, re- like when I was writing the answers to this, I didn't realize they were so related. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Just don't avoid things, you know. <laughs> I avoided stuff for so long. Avoidance is a defense mechanism. Yeah, and it's such a comfortable one too. You're like, oh, I feel so fine here. Like, I don't have to, mm-hmm. I don't have to step outside of this. Like, I could just avoid, because mm. it feeds itself, you know, mm-hmm. like, it's just like, you feel comfortable, you feel happy. So you stay there. Yeah. And you just keep You don't progress. Doing it. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. Until something snaps you out of it. Yeah. Whatever, uh, whatever that is. I wonder what snapped me out of it. It's probably the mm. fact that you have, you know, our, our society kind of, um, relies on you being able to talk to other people mm-hmm. <laughs> like you know, to get a job and all of that and i feel like that might have been what snapped me out of that I was yeah. like oh uh, if you want to progress further in life you yeah. gotta learn how to talk to people yeah yeah i would say that is probably the same thing that happened to me mm. um i was a very shy kid like when i was like really young yeah I was, like primary school even in high school, I was like, I didn't really socialize with a lot of the people that um, were in the same grade as me or like mm. above or below. But, mm. and even at uni actually, even in undergrad to some extent, yeah. I was like, you know, you make friends and you sort of stay with them. You don't, you're not forced to um, net, network. Yeah, that's um, true. You're not in undergrad. Not, they no. tell you to. But they like, tell you they to, but it's actually to. not. You, you're not actually thrown into experiences with networking. I, I guess back then. Yeah. Um, now it's very different. Um, but that, like, what really kicked me into, like, this being less um, insular in terms of, like, socialising with people, mm-hmm. I think is really when I started the my so the degree that i actually didn't finish Mm. um that research masters because you know you have to talk to other people you can't rely on your supervisor to do the work for you you Mm. have to do it yourself Mm. um that really sort of drilled into my brain it's like yeah you need to talk to people Mm. and you need to um sort of reach out to other people that are not necessarily in your field yeah. And that's something that I keep telling like all the new students that come through. It's like if you want to get the most experience out of your stay, if they're international here in Brisbane while you're studying, go talk to people outside of your field, mm-hmm. outside of your course. Yeah. Because, you know, they can teach you things and you can teach them things that you might have learned from your experience mm-hmm. that they you and they can adapt to their own situation yeah it's because a i said yeah it's a win-win i certainly learned a lot of things like i had to do a business unit a business subject for mm-hmm. that uh, for that degree yeah and uh, um you know i didn't necessarily see the benefit in it at the time mm-hmm. but then when i started doing student club stuff And realizing that, oh, you know, like building relationships with businesses is actually a good way to sort of continue patronage and like sponsorship. Mm. And that's sort of that's sort of where that, you know, started rolling in. And now it's like, 
that sort of put me to where I am today in terms of who I know, um, mm. like in terms of like networks. Yeah, and you have a pretty vast network. I would, I'm really vast. I'm not compared, I think compared to a lot of vast. people, it's surprising who I know in yeah. terms of or who I'm in contact with. Yeah. Um, and because I've sort of jumped from science, like clinical science and medical science to something like psychology and having gone like a research way, it's mm. also a little bit different because I also know researchers in that yeah. path. And yeah. It's like, hmm. It's like all the, all the walks, all your walks of life, you've just gained a little bit more um, mm. acquaintances or like friends even. Yeah. And you've just kept on going. But yeah. you're bringing all these friends with you. Yeah. And you're meeting new people. Yeah. And social media is great for that. Because then you media get to keep in contact them. with them if you don't yeah. if you don't see them mm. all the time. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> um so there's no more structured questions. It's only <laughs> curveballs from dun. now on. Um <laughs> Is that what they say? Inning? <laughs> I don't know. Baseball? baseball? Yes. Okay. Um, so I can't remember exactly. We'll go back to where we, you know, first sort of met each other properly and knew each other properly. Mm. Um, going back to that, our worlds are actually very, very entwined. Yeah. I think in terms of like family, friends, we have common people that we know. Yeah. Sort of like, and it's weird. But it's also not surprising. Yeah, it's because I, I think if I, you know, was a bit more of a social kid, mm. I probably would have met you earlier on in life. Maybe. Yeah, because I would have. Chances are, yeah. Same, chances are, you probably would have. Yeah. You know, they they got me at a time when I was really shy, so I wasn't able to build proper relationships with our mm. mutual friends. Yeah. The people we mutually the, know. The people we know mutually. Yeah. And like yeah. when he told me who you knew, I was like, oh. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, oh, God. <laughs> um, it's a small world. <laughs> it is an astonishingly, astonishingly small world. Yeah. Um, I guess going back to our friendship and how we know each other. I um, can't remember exactly when I told you I, was, I did the Great Mates. Do you remember? Uh, yeah, it was actually the, when, the semester. When, at the end of semester thing? Yeah. Okay. Because we stood, I do remember this, it was like we were, I think we were both taking the bus, but like different bus lines. So we're stood on, under the South Bank bus. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And then, yeah, and then you told me about it. But I don't remember how we got onto that combo, but... um. Yeah, I looked it up then on... Mm. Oh, I don't think it was on Spotify yet then. No, it wasn't. Back in the day. I don't even know I think you it put it on then. iTunes. Oh, yeah. I still had an iPhone Rest in peace. There. Rest in peace. Rest. Not iTunes. Not um, um, but, um, yeah. Yeah. And I remember I looked it up then. And mm. then I followed then. And then that's when <laughs> so did your impression? So did, so did your impression of me change? Well, yeah. It was like I didn't... <laughs> I thought... You know, I was like, I know, you know, I knew certain things about you, like you enjoyed Netflix and watching things on yeah. Netflix. And we, we had maybe like similar interests and in per, like social media personality type things. Mm, 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 mm. Um, but I didn't know much else after that. And then okay. when, yeah, when I heard you on there, I was like, wow, like I really just got to know you a lot more. And like the inner workings, you know, what goes through your head? Like what, yeah. what, what topics you're interested in talking yeah. about? Okay. Yeah. So Interesting. like... Yeah, so it wasn't maybe not different, but it just mm. added on to what I already knew of you. Mm, mm, yeah, mm, mm. but I wonder what people say. Do you ask this question of people that 
like know you pretty well yeah. IRL mm. and then like listen and then they listen to the podcast so the thing is I haven't told many people in real life that I oh. think and it's sort of a sort of um sort of have to do that in terms of like you know so I I'm obviously on social media um like Instagram Twitter those sorts of things I don't tell anyone else sort of that I'm on there mm. like uh people know like I have friends and family, like extended family, that follow me on Instagram, but not not necessarily Twitter. Um, so like, so I sort of have to, I sort of have to gate. Yeah, I sort of have to like control who sees what. Yeah. It's just you know I use different platforms for different things, yeah. and Instagram is sort of like you know where I I'm able to sort of show stuff. Mm. Um, Facebook I don't really use much anymore. It's basically just there because family are on there. Mm. Um, and then Twitter is where I get really unhinged. <laughs> yeah, Twitter allows you to do that. When yeah. I had a Twitter, I was unhinged on that. Mm. And someone IRL, who was at least clo- was luckily close to me, found me, and she was like, "Wow, Eunice! <laughs> like the things you say on there, like you're so expressive." And I was like, "Oh my gosh, <laughs> she found me! Like lucky she, I was actually close to her." But Twitter does allow for you to be unhinged. There's mm. something about that platform. It's very like you just express yourself, yeah, just yeah, like yeah. go for it. And I think people who know me who know my Twitter will know that I get it. There's a lot of sarcasm that comes through. Yeah. I think, I think MasterChef Twitter alone will know that I am either going to rip someone open purely based on an edit or I will rip the show because production wise, there are a lot of problems with it. Um, so yeah, yeah, no, I, even with the podcast, I'm just like, because it's very weird. I have to explain how I met the kids Mm. and you know, we aren't in the same, uh, and people have told me this too, like, you know, because audio quality is real good. Um, it's like having to explain, yeah, no, we're, we're from different parts of Australia and yeah. we do this like every week. We've done it for two years. Like as a recording, we've done this for mm. two years now. And like, it, it's just something, I guess, I keep sort of less, like less well-known. Mm. Um, it's just because obviously there's like a certain connotation of meeting people through the internet and Oh, sure. You know, you know that's that, something yeah. like that, right? Even yeah. though I'm, you know, I might be, you know, I'm a lot, not a lot older than you, but like a few years older than you. Mm-hmm. There's still like a stigma that ca- is carried on from our generation that grew up with like Tumblr, yeah, and um, you know, MySpace and the meeting people off of those websites. Mm, yeah. um, becoming a lot more normalized. But yeah, I think but still, I think this. Yeah, the older generation. Yeah, the older generation so yeah. culturally, there's also that sort of like. Oh, yeah, attachment towards that so yeah, yeah yeah so i i just don't tell um a lot of people in real life but i only tell like close friends or like people who might even be interested because mm. you know and some of them are really surprised that you know why didn't you tell me earlier yeah. um and i was like you know because i i just didn't feel like it was the right time to tell mm. you what a good answer. Uh, you know. Just if you feel it, then you could tell. Yeah. Them. Like yeah. if you feel it's right or yeah. appropriate or something. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I guess um, who's your favorite person? Not me. Who, aside from me, who who is your favorite person off of the podcast? Because you, <laughs> I think you're the only. You're, you're you're the only one I think who has who has, like person in real life who I've told who has known about it the longest and who's probably listened to a fair few episodes yeah so who's your favorite and you can actually say this and you without you know being claimed as being biased yeah 
You know what's interesting is you're on a lot of them. So I, I'm I'm the dad of everything. See, that's the thing. Yeah. So it's like who? So I feel like I'm basing this on who vibes really well with you podcast wise. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> it's like you know who I'm gonna say. Uh-huh. Already. Go on. <laughs> so I think that um, Brendan. Oh. is my favorite and because you're on a lot of them yes and then when he's there as well you guys vibe really well <laughs> and he's just really funny and like his voice is really easy to listen to actually all that voices is really easy mm. to listen to mm. but he's hilarious and um bin's pretty funny too <laughs> yeah funny how the random the tangents. The cringe? The tangents. They're so oh, interesting. the spirals. Like, I've just learnt so much from these random, <laughs> from these random tangents. And then, mm-hmm. like, you know, I can get, sometimes I actually get really invested in the tangent. And I'm like, where <laughs> is this going? <laughs> so, yeah. Those, so, okay. oh, but you asked me for my one favourite. So, yes. probably, probably Brendan as in, like, the favourite other than you. Ah. Yeah not surprising yeah i would say it's not surprising <laughs> yeah just because um he's really funny it's just the things he says and um like in the more i haven't actually listened to the most recent ones but we'll mm-hmm. talk like in the recent season of you, yeah, yeah, of, yeah. Um, of the pod um he's very open like just mm. you know very open to talking about anything and i really appreciate Brendan is very much an open book i appreciate the openness and you know the the nonsensiveness of it all yeah so it is really good anyways thank you for doing this with me it's all good how was this for you this was really enjoyable like i was excited a mm. little bit like anxious about it just mm-hmm. because i haven't done it before yep. but it went really well and because we're in person this is why i want to give props to everybody because like how do people how do you guys do it when you're not you can't see each other like i'm feeding off of you because mm. i can see you mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but i feel like if i couldn't see you i'd be like i wouldn't know when to oh, i guess if it's just two people it's not that hard but like so i would be extra anxious about mm-hmm. um kind of not knowing oh, yeah. when to talk. <laughs> oh, okay. So like having, you know, all you guys and then you can't see each other. Like mm. I'm, I've got to give props to that. Yeah. But it was really fun. Okay. I enjoyed myself. Sweet. Um, so for everyone, um, if you enjoyed this episode, feel free to sub to us. Um, basically everywhere, leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Um, if you have any questions, feel free to um, hit us up on our socials, Great Mates Podcasts on Twitter and Instagram. Um, and yeah, I think that's everything I need to say. So thank you, Eunice. That's all good. And for everyone that is listening, um, we'll see you guys in another episode. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Let's Get Deeper. If you'd like to reach out to us, feel free to do so. We're on Twitter and Instagram as Great Mates Podcast, or drop us an email, greatmates.podcast at gmail.com.